Hello everybody, welcome back to Woke I'm your host Aaron And we are here with episode 3 Going strong Today, I brought my boy in, my brother From another mother, but the same color Andrew Andrew, introduce yourself <laughs> to everybody, man What's good everybody? I'm Andrew, for those of y'all that know me I'm a pretty talented artist If I do say so myself And yeah, that's pretty much it That's all I need to say, so let's get right on to it Wonderful, wonderful. But for real, Andrew is a dope artist. I bought a painting around the summertime, and I finally got it when we got to school. So if you want to know more about his artwork, please hit me up. Um, email me at AaronBark15 at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Instagram at underscore Relentless15, and I'll get you connected straight to him. Also, that's where you can find me to hit me up to talk about my podcast. If you want to say something, if you want to be on the show, if you want to get connected to Spotify, because if you got any questions, because some people have, just hit me up. So, going straight into it, my brother, Andrew, tell me about your experience growing up black, man. That's a good question. Uh, to be frank, for those of you who are aware of the show Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and the character Carlton, I guess I would pretty much say... That's how people have looked at me because I haven't acted in the stereotypical sense of what a black person acts like. You know, I don't present myself as like uh, like someone from the hood, someone uneducated or like that stereotype. I've always present I've always presented myself as an individual who's like rather calm, collected like intellectual that kind of sense and in terms of as well as the way that I speak and among and around my peers a lot of them would often say that I'm quote-unquote acting white which is obviously we as what we know in the black community something that can be very damaging to us yes that is very toxic um I myself have been a victim of that as well because I'm very well-mannered like I don't talk like this all the time yo i don't be acting like this like that doesn't mean i'm not black like and to quote what carlton said exactly what you're talking about he said being black is what i'm trying to be it's not oh it's who i am it's not what i'm trying to be and that speaks volume because that's one of the issues in the black community is we always have to question each other's blackness or make sure we act in black but that's also brings up the question like what is black because everyone has way different perceptions because my uncle went through something in high school where he was interested in a black girl and she was like, you're not black, you're white. And he was like, what do you mean? And she was like, where's his pants? What do you mean my pants? Like, why aren't you sagging your pants? Where's your earring? Where's your tattoos? And it's like, if you think that's what black is, you need to get your priorities straight because it's damaging. It really is. And it really puts down a lot of good people. Exactly, because it's like we have enough trouble just trying to live like in this country, just being a genuine, just being a black person in general. Because when you walk out into the streets, people aren't going to wonder if we're black enough or whatever. We come across a racist person, they're not going to care about how we speak, how we act. They're just going to see a black person on automatically. They, they start assuming the worst of us. So it's no point in us like going to each other and like tearing each other down because we don't fit their perception of what it means to be black. It's a war on both fronts, man, because it's 
what was it? it's like when autumn was here on the last show please check out her episode by the way it was like the idea of code switching is like we do know how to talk to each other we know how to talk to black people we know how to talk to white people but it's like once black people see that like they automatically think the negative or when white people see like you talking like me and you talking like having like a normal conversation and we use a bit of slang all of a sudden like we're acting black or like we're ghetto but no it's just a part of the environment but that also should not staple who you are just because like we switch it up everyone does it like every race does it just in all complete honesty there are very few people in black white whatever who do just like talk the way they talk normally all the time anyway but it's just something in our community that i think we have the power to fix but no one has come up with like the plan you know what i'm saying and that's another good point you brought up too like we are very we are very good at pointing out the issues but when it comes to actually coming up with solutions or how, how to combat these that's something that we sometimes can be very lacking on you're completely right about that man like it's it's just a struggle and it's an it's an unnecessary struggle along with that now um you are from richmond the city <laughs> i'm here from the country so I've always, like, had that idea of, like, being black in the city is way different than being black in the country. Like, and I've had, like, my experiences myself. Like, does some of those things hold true, or is it all somewhat, like, the same, like, just being around here in Farmville in the country or, like, being around in the city? That's a good question. Hmm. Honestly... Honestly, from my own personal experience, there's not really much difference in how, like, I'm normally treated, whether it be, like, back in the 804 or here in Farmville, because for the most part, I come across, like, the same types of people. Like, it's really no major difference. The only difference is that it's just a different location. Other than that, it's, for me, it's been, like, coming across the same types of people. Do you think that hinders the black community? Like, when we categorize each other from someone, like, from Alabama versus someone from, like, New Jersey, and does that, like, also coexist with the black, like, aspect of acting black? Most definitely. It definitely go, it definitely helps play into that stereotype because cause it also, like, goes back to, like, the perception of, like, the North and the South, mm. where as the North is viewed as, like, rather uppity the south was it was viewed was viewed as pretty much like poor or rural quote-unquote trash if you will and so that's something that's kind of like found its way into the black community and so we often have like those perceptions of one another like people like We've joked about this before, but it's like people will say how, uh, how like they don't want to go down south because of like the culture of the south. But it's like it ain't just in the south; it's up in the north too. Because I was I'm originally from New York, so it's up there as well. Ooh, you're exactly right, man. Like when I was in New York one time, I went to like this pizza joint, and it was black owned, which was actually pretty tough. But the dude was asking a lady in there like where was she from and she said oh i'm from north carolina he was like oh you from the south 
And she was like, yeah, what's wrong? He said, look, I can't do that. He said, up here, they'll call you nigga to your face, and I'm fine with that. He said, down there, they like so wishy-washy with it. And then next thing you know, I'm hanging from a tree. And in my head, it's like, you really think that? Like, off, just straight off the rip? Like, it's just that bad? Like, being from the South all my life, some places are that bad, but some places really aren't. And I wish I was older to, like, have that conversation. Like, bro, like, don't think it's that bad. Like, I don't come to New York and think oh, every black man I see or, like, um, some white people I see are racist or every black man I see is a hoodlum, like, is a thug, you know, because that is, like, a perception of, like, black men from the city. Like, and it's something that's stuck around. And I don't know how it got stuck that way, but, like, it's been here forever. That kind of reminds me of how, like, when Malcolm X would talk about that because he said he would often talk about how people were quick to denounce the racism that was very clear in the South, but he's from the North. He He's no stranger to how it is up there because like, at the time when he was alive and he was going around, like, preaching as a part of the Nation of Islam, he would be in places like Detroit, Harlem, and Boston. Like, he recognized that it was everywhere, so he was quick to shut that to shut that talk down, to say that it was only in the South. To just assume that that kind of racism in the South is, like, very ignorant because it's everywhere. You're completely right. Like, you hit that nail straight on the head. Like, it is everywhere. It still is everywhere. Racism hasn't changed. It's just it's been heightened up. You know, it's like thanks to social media, like, from everything from technology wise from newspapers all the way now to smartphones and laptops like racism has a bigger flat platform has a bigger platform but it's in the same light people still act like you know like some people just be really wishy-washy with it but it's just the truth that like it's here and we do need to combat it because it's something that still is real and something that's strong and for the people who say racism isn't here I don't know what rock you living under, but uh, it, must be Plymouth rock. it must be Plymouth Rock. Like, you really not paying attention to this stuff, man. It's, it's just one of those things that I hope we get to fix, especially in the black community, that we set aside some of those small differences that really hurt us. And I feel like it can happen, but we have to make it happen. Exactly. That goes back to... Uh, Another um, another point that Malcolm X said was because it was like when he had left the Nation of Islam and he was going to start Muslim Mosque Incorporated, it was when he said that we cannot hope to find peace among white people unless we find peace among ourselves. Like it just go back to that whole I think that whole idea that like we can't hope to combat racism if we're still fighting amongst ourselves. We're not going to achieve any progress that way at all. Amen, my brother. And I'm going to leave you all with a Malcolm X quote. Even though it's about education, it's still facts. It's education is the passport for the future. And it's, and it's here for those who prepare for tomorrow today. I'm paraphrasing because I don't got it in front of me right now. But just the truth and the message is we have to prepare for tomorrow today. Educate ourselves about what's going on. Educate our families, our friends, our communities, so that way we can build something stronger and we can progress further. Because I'm tired of this stuff, man. Like, I'm tired of walking around looking like the enemy when really I'm not. I know you are. I know every other black person is. And it's just something that 
has got to go. And I just pray for a better world, you know. Thank you so much, Andrew, for being on the show. Everybody tune in. This is Woke, Episode 3. I will see you all later. Be blessed and stay safe.